Welcome to Let's Get Unraveled, a place where artists from all walks of life come to share their unabridged stories and speak openly and candidly about their creative journeys. We're so happy you're here. Hi, everybody. I'm Co Hodges, co-founder and lead instructor at Unraveled Academy. And today I'm super thrilled to be speaking with Dana Pugh, an industry expert and educator. And today we're going to be talking about a really tricky topic, pricing. I feel like everybody is talking about it. It's been a hot button topic for the last couple of years. Lots of information out there. So today we're going to talk openly about that. Um, I'm just really, really thrilled to have you. So Dana, thank you for taking the time. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for asking me. Awesome. So first off, can you please tell everyone where you are located in the world and what type of work you primarily do? Sure. So I am located in a small town called Okotoks, just outside of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Mm -hmm. And um, I do most of my work in Calgary or in the Banff area. Um, and, but I also have a studio in my home, a natural light studio in my home. And yeah, I primarily do families. That has been my, I've been in business for, oh my gosh, for 12 years. Amazing. I think about it. <laughs> and um, I've, I've primarily done families, but I have at certain times in my career done weddings, uh, editorial work, commercial work, headshots. I've done a bunch of stuff, even like high, some high volume, although I've completely let that go now. But uh, yeah, I've done all sorts of things. Amazing. Well, it changes so much over the years and you kind of have to roll with that, right? It has changed a crazy amount (laughs) since I started. Like when I remember when I first started um, getting quite a lot of grief from the people in the industry that I I thought were kind of old school at the time. Mm -hmm. And just over the fact that I sold digital files at all. So they like when I started 12 years ago, that's when the shift was happening towards uh, people actually giving the files to their clients before that they, they kept their negatives and they made their money selling prints and products. And they would never, ever have dreamed of letting go of um, their negatives. And so, yeah, I remember sort of having lots of arguments about that when I started (laughs) and then, and now even, I feel like there's arguments to be made, like in in some ways they were right to be concerned about what was coming, but um, sure, yeah. Anyways, it's just a change, and I think that's the one thing that is uh, consistent throughout my career. This is an industry that changes drastically, constantly, yes. quickly, and it's something where you're constantly having to shift. And it's a it's a lot of work just to keep up with that. Yeah. It definitely can be. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So obviously, like I said before, a hot button topic, pricing. Right. Um, I've seen some blog posts go viral about this subject where it's like, blah, just crazy arguments on all sides. I, I would like to have just a PSA real quickly that there is no right answer. There's no wrong answer here. Um, as educators, you know, our job is to give all the information and the pros and cons of each and make the, the decision that's right for you. Um, so that's my little, totally. Tidbit. I totally agree. With that. <laughs> I think so much. So what happens is in a lot of pricing classes, um, people say, this is the way you do it. Correct. You know, this right. is the formula. This is how it works. And right. it does that formula, any formula doesn't work for everyone. Correct. And it's for me, I remember, sort of an, I, cause I live in a city that's very expensive. 
yeah. you know, our house housing, average houses in Calgary are over $500,000. Right. And so for me, I need to earn an income that's uh, higher than what a lot of people need to earn. And I remember in teaching one time, a girl came to me and she was from Kalamazoo, Michigan. And she was like, I only need to make $40,000. And I'm like, how can that even be? Like minimum right. wage, like $15 an hour, that minimum wage that everybody talks about. Right. I'm like, that's $30,000 a year. And she's right. like, yeah. And so I Googled Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I was like, oh, the average house is like $100,000. Like it's a totally different situation from from what I have. And we have to remember that like somebody in New York city needs to make more than somebody in Kalamazoo, Michigan Correct. and needs to make a different amount than somebody in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So it's, it, everybody's pricing is going to vary. Absolutely. Ugh. okay. So as our, as we break into this a little bit deeper and I do want you to just let us have it, whatever you've got in your heart, yeah. I want you to be fully open, but can you first give everybody a rundown of why this is such an important conversation to have? Right. <clears throat> well, um, honestly for me, the reason why it's super important to me is I see so many women undervaluing their time. Like they sort of make this assumption that because they don't need the income or because they're all this job is allowing them to be at home with their kids Mm -hmm. that um, they don't need to make as much money as they would make if they were out in the corporate world. But I, so for me, that has been huge. Like I started teaching pricing because um, a photographer came to me once, actually I was at lunch with a group of photographers and somebody spoke up and uh, somebody who I admired greatly. And she said, you know, that she had never earned over $15,000 a year. And I was like, how is that even possible? Like, you're amazing. And before that, I had sort of kept my head in the sand and I wasn't paying attention. And she was like, well, I've been $350 all inclusive. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that, then, yeah, I guess I can see how this might happen for you. And, you know, having that conversation and realizing that it's a lot it's, it's kind of a feminist issue and it's made me, I've always leaned towards feminism for sure, but now it's made me really hardcore feminist in some ways. Like I just think, you know, if you're at home working with your kids and running a business, your, your time is split and it's, you're working in the cracks of time and those cracks of time that you do have to put in the work are very valuable because um, your relationships at home with your husband, with your friends, with your kids are far more important than anybody's family photographs. Right. Right. Absolutely. And then you get buried under a pile of work for very little money and you burn out. Yeah. And this is a story we've heard over and over and over again. Yeah. And and then on the, the flip side of that, I, I and I agree with you 1 billion percent because I see these women and I get people doing mentorships with us or just hitting us with DMs asking questions and they're not viewing themselves as providers and this is something that I've been speaking about at every workshop that I've taught in the last year because my mindset has shifted to the need for this this conceptual change we're, we're providing still. So this idea that it's just, Oh, it's just extra money. I, you know, we don't need it. That's a bunch of bullshit, you know? And I agree with you to value your time or why do it? You know, the, the idea of making art 
that's one thing. If you want to do, if you want to be, you know, just work for yourself, create art just for you. Absolutely. If you don't want to make money, then don't take clients, but don't take clients for super cheap and then get buried and burn out and not even make your own art. So, and and taking clients for super cheap, it's actually detrimental to all the other artists that you admire. And, And I mean, we don't like to talk about that. People say, Oh no, I'm not affecting anybody else, but you truly are. And I, I also think like, being a business owner can be a creative endeavor. Yes. We have, we have a benefit in being a creative because we can use our creativity to run successful businesses. And then what an amazing role model you're being for your children. You know, I, I believe strongly that my children have been able to watch me take um, something that is my passion and turn it into an income that has allowed us as a family to really do a lot of spectacular things. And without my income, they know there's no, like we're, we travel a lot. Anybody who follows me knows that. And I pay for that. Like without my job, that doesn't happen. And, And it's important. I don't know. It's an important thing to consider that you're a role model for these kids. And, you know, the world is changing super fast And in the future, I think creativity is going to be key for anybody's success. And so if you're able to show your kids how to be creative, how to pivot, how to constantly keep up with an ever-changing industry, it's really a great thing for them to witness. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and to give them the ideal that you truly can do what you want to do. And, and, but it takes hard work and they get to see you working hard and they get to see you struggle, potentially see you fail, pick yourself back up, try again and get to this, this level that you never even anticipated for yourself to the point where you are, you're providing for your family with this creative initiative. So cool. Right. So I mean, my kids know that, you know, mom taking pictures is why we get to live in this house and why we get to, you know, shop for clothes and go to the nice market. Yeah. you know, and like, I did not grow up like that, right. you know? So it's very, it's very awesome to be able to show them that, um, and to give them that avenue just mentally say like, you know, you can make something essentially from nothing right. and it's possible yeah, watching me do it. So it's super cool. And I think too, uh, like lots of people have trouble seeing in the future. And so a lot of times when you start your business, and this was certainly true for myself, I had really small kids yeah. and, um, I was lucky that I started where I did and when I did, because things have changed a lot, but, um, the money that like, it's hard to see how much money your kids are actually going to cost you. Teenagers are expensive. And then the the idea of, um, them going on to university and to college and all of that. Um, that's something to remember that like kids activities when they're teenagers are expensive. Same for, college, maybe your kids need tutoring. And in some places people need healthcare. They need to buy healthcare. They need to pay for all sorts of things that aren't being provided for them. And you have to remember that you and your husband are a team or you and your partner are a team and your income is really, it's a joint thing. Like you're working together to, to reach goals. It's really, really important. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the overarching goal, right? That's what it's supposed to look like. I know in my, in my marriage and my ex-husband and I, 
he really struggled with the idea of being self-employed. He really struggled with the idea of having a creative endeavor. You know, it was definitely not a a joint effort, even though I really tried for that. Um, That's hard. And I do hear a lot of women come to me. um, A lot of individuals come to me and say like, well, it's not really supported on the other side. Um, It's really hard for people who are not creatives or even, or even have a creative mindset when it comes to money. I think that it kind of gets, there's a division there and they just can't see it until you actually become successful, which it takes a little bit when, especially when you're first starting out and then like, Oh, okay, well this works, you know, (laughs) you're actually making money. So it can be a very tricky, rocky road for a while, but absolutely the end goal is to be a unified front, to be a team. This is our family. We're providing together, shoulder to shoulder. It's so beautiful. And I think, like, for my husband, he always thought that I deserve to get paid a lot. Like, he, he's like, yeah. you deserve to get paid. If you're going to leave, like, the goal, originally when we started, I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And I started priced at, like, $200 all-inclusive. It did not work. And, I, and really quickly, I realized that, like, within a couple of months. Right. And he was like, listen, if you're going to go out and take time away from our family, you need to be earning an income or there's no point to put ourselves through all this stress. You know, and I and I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, now, like 12 years later, there have been lots of times when he's struggled with the inconsistency of it and the the sort of inability mm-hmm. to plan or the, the roller coaster of it, because it's never, it's never consistent. Even if it's consistent for a couple of years, something happens. And it's there's like a blip, you know, there's a recession, or, mm-hmm. you know, my dad got sick, and I needed to take some time yeah. off, like things happen in your life, and that, that are un, unavoidable. And so he, he didn't like the sort of uh, inconsistency of it, but he's used to it now, I would say. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and there's something to that. And I, and I will give credit where credit's due is it, it is a different mindset. It is a different world. Um, before I did this, you know, and I still am pretty, I'm a nurse, but you know, so I get to, I'm very spoiled. I get to work as a nurse when I want to, but before that was my full-time job. And my ex-husband was a firefighter. So we were very used to this, like, blue collar mentality where we punch in, we punch out, we have a beer, we're done with that shit. And we like, you know, we leave work at work. And that was a really hard thing to transition to. But I will say what I've noticed is like working in that industry, working in a couple other industries that are more corporate, and then doing what I do now as a creative endeavor, the I I do feel like there is maybe a falsehood of, um, of being secure, a falsehood of security in the industry that I was in. So i.e., nursing. Um, but it wasn't always like the summer times would be slower. We live here in Phoenix. It's really hot. Um, snowbirds go away and it slows down. So you're not always getting your hours and then people are trying to get hours and maybe we're overstaffed sometimes. And, and maybe you're having to use your, uh, PTO or you paid time off, just eating that up so that you can just get paid. And also just with like benefits and it's different here in the States than where you are. But for me, maternity leave was six weeks at half pay and which was crazy. And I ate up, girl, let me tell you, I ate up my retirement. I took money out of my retirement. I took money out of my savings with my second child. I was a non-benefited employee, so I didn't qualify for any maternity leave. So I had a handshake agreement with my boss that I could get my job back because I had zero rights to it. And I ate up again, my savings and I pulled for my retirement so that we could live for four months until I went back to work. 
and our child was ill. So it was like doubly expensive. And like, I can't even imagine that. So like I had this job that is supposedly really secure and awesome, but it really wasn't. So like the thing that's so interesting and what I've discovered now is just being more financially sound in my life in general, regardless of the job I'm, I'm keeping, um, and having plans. And like when there's dips and ebbs and flows, it's like having a backup for that, which can be really hard. Right. It is oh, all about yeah. planning at the end of the day and it's not sexy. Mm-hmm. So people don't like to right. talk about it, but right. you know, like I'm 47 now. So, and I plan to retire in like, by the time I'm 55. Hell and yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I need to work, (laughs) but I have goals, you know, I have big goals and it, and we, you know, I, we've always lived within our means. We've, we often, until we got this house with the studio, we had a a really small house. A lot of our friends were like, I can't believe you live in such a small house. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's not important to me. Like what's important to me is travel and spending time with my kids. And like everybody just has, you have different priorities. That's all. And I think no matter what your job and this is something that has come from time, even for my husband, no matter what your job is, even if you think it's the perfect job, there's always problems with it. And like his, he had his perfect job and the company went under, right. You know, and then he, he had, he left it and had to go do something else. Maybe not so much as perfect job. Now it's like his idea of perfect job is like, how many weeks vacation do I get? How flexible are they? Yeah. You know, like it changes and your needs as a person changes over the course of your life too. And it's something to remember. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so good. Sorry to get off on a tangent here. (laughs) I'm the worst at that. So me too. And I could talk about money stuff all day because it's, I just think it's so important. Um, Okay. Question. What pricing structures have you tried and ruled out? Right. Well, you know what? I I would say that I've not ruled out any pricing structure, um, but I have tried a lot of different <laughs> because, like like I said, when I first started, I was all inclusive, and then when I went to my first workshop, um, maybe twelve, almost twelve years ago, um, twelve, yeah, about twelve years ago. They, they opened my eyes up to the idea of like separating your time from your, your art. And I started charging a session fee and, uh, and then selling things afterwards, including the digitals, the digitals, the prints, the albums, everything. And then, um, personally, my dad died in like 2012. And when that happened, I didn't want to work. I wanted to take a break. And I certainly didn't want to work for anybody who didn't value what I was doing. Um, So I charged a flat, I went back to a flat rate system and it was quite high, included the digital files, but it was what I knew was a sustainable rate for me. And um, I, during that time period, I got one new client. I only had past clients booking because past clients have no issue with a flat rate because they know exactly what to expect. Um, absolutely. You've already, you've already, you know, proven yourself to them. They trust you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've tried all of that and I have had like some, I, I, I've just decided not to do mini sessions anymore. I'm really over them. (laughs) I don't blame you. Mostly from a creative place, to be honest with you. Um, 
But uh, I have done like mini sessions where the session fee included three files and then you bought everything else. So I've, I've literally tried all sorts of things. Yeah. So I don't really rule anything out because I think that for longevity in your career, sometimes you're going to have to pivot. And even I would argue now that the reason why I think flat rate is not the way to go anymore. And certainly currently is I can see clients mindsets changing in that they've probably hired somebody for a flat rate that was maybe cheaper than me in the past. And now they're coming to me because they pay that flat rate. And even if that flat rate is $500 and I'm $1,500 for $500, they maybe got a hundred photos on a USB stick that, and out of those five, out of those hundred photos, they maybe liked five or 10 or 15. And now I think they're starting to realize, Hey, wait a minute. Why are we paying for all these photos when we don't need them all? And so I'm seeing a shift in their mindset where they're like, I could maybe get a higher quality if I wanted to just be pickier about it instead of wanting this sort of fast um, process, which is the all-inclusive process is obviously more efficient in a lot of ways, but not necessarily the one where you're going to get the best um, images from. And and then I think, yeah, so I'm starting to see... Uh, a shift in clients mindset for sure. And even from like some wedding, some people who it's their first baby, they'll come to me and they ha hired a wedding photographer and they got like 800 photographs. And they're like, yeah, out of those 800 photographs, we only really printed like 50, even if you count the ones in the album, it's like 50 right. of them. So did I need to pay for all of those? Like you're, st I'm starting to see that shift. Yeah. A bit. And I'm not saying that it, that there aren't still going to be people who appreciate an all-inclusive model. I'm just saying that um, you have to be flexible. Absolutely. At the end of the day. I love this. Yeah. So what pricing structure do you currently use and why do you love it? Right. So I do separate my time from my product, including the digital files. And part of the reason why I do that is I want my clients to see my photographs as art yes. and that my coming to them and taking the photographs as a service. And so I come at, and I do think it's important to, to provide both for your clients. Like as much as I want to shoot for myself, I also want to shoot for them and I want to create images that they love, that they want to buy the images that they want. And then I want to create the images that I want because I want, I don't think they know that they want the images that I want. Right. And when they see them, then they, they want them. Then they want them. <laughs> right. right. So I right. think it allows me, I also think it allows at the end of the day for higher, um, a higher session average because what happens is when somebody's hiring a photographer, they're like, okay. And, and I, I encourage everybody to talk to their friends who are really removed from the photography industry mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, it gives you a fresh perspective because I think as photographers, of course, we talk about shooting for yourself and wanting to always create images, you know, from your heart. And all of that is really, 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 really important. But what we miss in that conversation is that we also want to create the images that our clients want to see. And our clients want to see a family image where preferably where you can see everyone, at least yeah. see their faces. And, and I think if they want everybody looking at the camera or not, it'll just depend on personality. And that comes down to your branding. Um, 
they'll want pictures of all the kids. They want a picture of all the kids together. They want a picture of mom with all the kids and dad with all the kids. And that's about it. And so when they're thinking about family portraits in their mind, those are the things that they want, particularly uninformed, uneducated clients who have never right. had a family session before. These are This is what they're thinking. Well, I need like five to 10 images, right? Mm-hmm. And so then when they come to me, and if I was a flat rate um, at a rate that I need to to make an income, make a decent income for me, I'd be like $1,500. So of course, for me, they're like 10 images, $1,500. That doesn't make sense. Like that's so expensive. I can just get like 80 images from this person for 500 and choose the 10 that I want. And we're all golden. So I think for me, what happens is it's not until they come and have the session and actually see the photographs that they even completely understand what it is that they want. And then at that point they buy way more than they ever anticipated. And they also, it also changes their experience because like I said, in their head, they're just looking for those five to 10 photographs. But if you can separate your time from your talent, your time from your art, you can then show them that what that art is because they they can only put so much value on the photographs before they actually see them. Once they see them, those photographs are worth a lot more money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Is it so different looking at, uh, you know, your curated grid or whatever with other people in it, but man, you get a picture of you and your kids. Oh yeah. You're like sobbing. I'll pay anything. <laughs> I know. And obviously, that's not the point, but oh, that totally is the point. You yeah. know, like I, <laughs> I love you. Know, you. <laughs> if you've never hired a family photographer yourself, yeah. I, I encourage you to hire somebody that yes. you really admire. And I have swapped with photographers that I've really admired. I, but I've also hired photographers that I really admire. And I remember specifically the first time I talked to my husband <laughs> into getting um, a family session with Tara Whitney. And I love Tara Whitney's work. I, I love everything about her. She's just an incredible artist. And we went to California and Tara Whitney photographed us camping in our tent trailer. Mm. And in that group of photographs, there's a close up of my son and I'm like kissing his cheek. And it's, there's no way to even explain to you how beautiful it is. And, um, and the whole series around me with each of my kids and we're just loving on each other. And I had no idea before that moment how valuable those images were to me. And now that I'm, that my, my son is almost 17 and six feet tall and 150 mm. pounds, you know, I, those photographs, they're, they are one of the most valuable things in our house. It would be the first thing that I grabbed if our house was burning down. It's, it's the only thing I care about are the photographs that we've had all together and the photographs I've taken on vacation. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just think that paying for it, it makes you realize how much you're willing to pay. And it'll mm-hmm. change your mindset as a photographer right. and, and about your worth. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's such a good, um, experience to have in general when you're just looking at what you would want as a consumer and what you would want the experience to be. Um, you know, well, I've learned a ton just from being photographed by other amazing artists and just seeing how they, how they roll out 
their experience. Right. Um, and it's, it's definitely improved me as a, as a business owner. So, um, excellent tip and get pictures taken. If you haven't, that's crazy. Like you need to get your pictures taken. I know like, it's oh. so funny. Cause even, um, after that session, I, I bought a book from Tara and Tara was like, Dana, you don't want me to, you don't want to pay me for a book. Like just make your own book. Right. <laughs> right. And I was like, no, I literally want a book from you. Yes. I want your book. And so please just, uh, and she was like, okay, fine. (laughs) But I, yeah, yeah. I think it changes the way you look at things for sure. Of course. Oh, love that. Okay. What are some of the biggest pitfalls that you're seeing photographers run into when it comes to their pricing structure? Well, I think that what most people do is that that like this is the biggest pitfall is that they look around at what everybody else is charging and they assume that because these other people are charging this that it's working for them and they don't actually ever do the math and so and and honestly they never think about how much it's going to cost to run a business how much work is involved in a business and so they look around at what everybody else is charging and then they just they try to place their work on sort of the spectrum of price within their area. And that is just such a huge mistake, especially right now, because the vast majority of photographers are priced at a rate that will not earn them much more than minimum wage. If we're looking at minimum right. wage is $15 an hour. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So like, and, and really it is just simple math if you think about it, because, um, how much does it cost to run a freelance photography business? One where you're working at home, you don't own a studio, you have very little overhead. Mm-hmm. You you have your website, your all your software subscriptions, which I don't know every, I feel like there's so many software subscriptions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right. like you, have, you have like all your things, you have your bank fees, your cell phone, your gas, your babysitting maybe, and you've never really added them up. And I know, and I know that from having mentored hundreds of photographers, people don't track their expenses and it really to run a a photography business, bare bones, bare bones, a freelance bare bones photography business without lots of new gear, without lots of training, which is really important, especially now where you're looking at like 10 to $15,000 a year. Mm And then you throw in expense, you throw in the added expense of maybe you want to go to an awesome conference, which again, if you've never been to a conference and you've only done online, online is great. Mm -hmm. Conferences are where, where you make your, your real life friends. Yes. And so I think they're both important, but uh, the people that you meet in person, you, you get like a different level of comfort with them and, uh, they really become your tribe. And so I think conferences are just there's something to be said about attending a conference. And so if you want to go attend a conference or even take online courses, like if you want to sign up for unraveled, you know, that's like a whole list of things that are like on top of a bare bones business structure. And if you don't have space for that in your, in your budget, um, it becomes really problematic for you to grow as an artist and for you to grow your business. And so if you take a look at it being $15,000 a year and you want to make say $50,000 a year, which is not a lot of money. Like I couldn't live on $50,000 a year in Calgary. Um, but let's say 50, because for lots of people, that seems like a huge amount of money. So if you want to make $50,000 a year, 
plus I'm going to say $10,000 worth of expenses because the math is easier and math is yes. not my strong suit. So now we're at $60,000 just to get to $60,000 at $500 a session. Like what, how many sessions do you have to do, right? Mm-hmm. $60,000. I have, I have a calculator. So <laughs> I know divided by 500. Is that right? Yeah. You have to do 120 sessions. <laughs> 120 sessions. That's yeah. insane. Just so you know, that's insane. Like an average um, high, it depends on how much uh, that's a high volume business model. And that is sort of yeah. a max out of a high volume business model. Like that's sort of where people start to burn out is the 120. Anything I've, I've met a few photographers a, I think it's near impossible to for an average photographer, not a rock star photographer, for an average photographer to find 120 sessions in their area is near impossible. The amount of work you had to do, you would have to do marketing and networking would be really, really, really difficult. It's not impossible, but it is um, it is time consuming for sure. And then anybody once you hit the 150 mark, I've only I have mentored hundreds of photographers. I've seen less than 20 shoot over 150 and those people are all coming to me because they're incredibly burnt out. And in fact, many of them end up quitting because they're like, I just can't even, I just can't even do this anymore. And so um, if you're looking at providing your clients with a more luxury experience, one like what we're calling a low volume photographer, one where you're able to help them with their outfits, you're you're able to do a pre-session consult, you're able to do a... uh, in-person sales or, or I don't do in-person sales. Just lots of people think I do, but I don't <laughs> do in-person sales. Or if you want to spend time with them walking through, but purchasing things online, yeah. if you want to hand retouch the images, like for a lot of, uh, low volume photographers, the, the sort of max reaches about once about 75 sessions a year. And so you can see that at $500, you're not getting anywhere near the the income that you need 75 times 500 is $37,500, which then even if you're super frugal and you only spend $7,500, your salary that you're able to pay yourself is 30,000. And remember there's taxes taken off the salary. So really you're bringing home maybe $21,000 or something like that. So it's just, it's something that we don't talk about enough in the industry and it's right. that people just haven't done the math. And so um, back to the original question, which was my <laughs> biggest mistake. See, I told you I get off yeah. on a tangent. No, I love it. The mistake is to look around because I think in Calgary right now where I shoot, the average session is probably going for around 500. It might even be lower than that. And um, it's just, it's not even worth it for me. because. And if you look at something called the PPA benchmark survey. So have you ever heard of that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. So it's a survey of around 15,000 photographers that the, the PPA in, in America does. And it says that to pay yourself around, I, I'm like fudging the numbers now, but it's pretty close to pay yourself around $50,000 a year after taxes, after expenses, you need to bring in around $104,000 and, and I think that's for a freelance photographer. If you have a studio, it's much, much more. And so I just think that women have a problem thinking big. 
You know what I mean? Like they, they see that $104,000. They're like, Oh my gosh, not me. I can't do that. Or it's not worth it. Or, or they worry about what people will think because they're so expensive. Like people will start to think that they, they think too highly of themselves or something, which is insane because men would never stop and do that. You know? Uh, And uh, I applaud you for saying that. Absolutely not. They would not think that they would not think that. For one second. <laughs> In fact, if you sit down with a male wedding photographer, yeah, they're like, oh yeah, I'm $6,000. Like they have no, they don't even hesitate. They're like, this is my price. And I mean, whatever their price is, maybe they're 2,500. They have, they have no qualms about what they're charging, but a lot and lots of female photographers hesitate. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, Me too. It's, sometimes it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Same. And I will say, and I could even feel it, even though like, like I feel the listeners just going, oh, like that could never be me. I could never make a hundred K. Totally. Look, you absolutely can. Um, and I, and I, I speak from experience, you know, local business, um, you run lean, you be mindful about your finances in, and it's, you can dumb it down. Now, I'm not a finance wizard in any stretch. Oh, me in fact, well, <laughs> in I fact, that this is what come of me, like straight up. You know, I started doing this just because somebody asked and then I could not get over the need and like the the number of people coming to me asking for help. Right. And, uh, but I'm like, I'm I'm not really an expert. I'm just doing the math for you, you know, and asking the proper questions and making you stop and think like, what do you want from this business? And I think that's a huge thing that like most people don't even really ask themselves. They just go, okay, I'm going to. I could start taking pictures and I'll charge $300 and it'll be great. But they don't stop and say, what do you actually want from this business? Like, how do you, how do you define success? Because if you go mm-hmm. to a business mentor and they're like, I'm defining success as six figures. Mm-hmm. And like, well, I actually want to be a part-time business owner and a part-time mom. And mm-hmm. you know, you're, the chances of you making six figures are, you know, like, I mean, right. it's more difficult because making six figures is a lot of work. Right. But, but it's important to know that maybe one day when your kids are in school full-time, maybe you do want to be a full-time photographer. Maybe you want to make six figures. And if that's the case, you have to have a plan to get you there. You know, right. so you just need to ask the questions and, and be brave. And that's the thing. Like so many female photographers, they're just so fearful. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said be brave. I I constantly talk about this book, but the book by Jen Sincero, You Are a Badass, where she really breaks down this mindset and relationship, a really poor relationship at that with money that most of us have. And she breaks down, you know, where it stems from. And it's, you know, it's a subconscious and conditioned experience from age two, let's say from when we start forming true memories. And for me, you know, money in my house caused a lot of strife, um, fights, you know, dissension between my parents, you know, money was stress, money was ugly, money was bleh. And I grew up like that. And so as an adult, I, as a young adult, you know, if we had enough to cover our expenses, if we were doing all right, if we could go out to dinner once in a while, then life was gravy. But anything past that, I truly don't know that I really felt that I deserved it. And it became like, if, if we went past a certain point and made a certain amount that year, it was like, oh, oh God, that's more than I thought. Oh, well, you know, but I never like 
shot for the stars. I never opened up my mind to like, why don't I deserve this success? Why can't I make this type of money? Who says I can't, you know, it's very interesting how we do this to ourselves. Totally. And I, and, and we just don't even define success for ourselves. So we don't say what is success. And for me, like I do that every year in January, I go, what do I want this year? And like this year, I honestly barely worked from January through May because we had a lot going on in our family. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to take a bit of a breather. And my husband had had a couple of sabbaticals throughout his career. And, um, I was like, I'm going to take a bit of a breather. Yes. I'm going to work. I did. I did work. I didn't stop working entirely, but, um, I'm like, so for 2019, my definition of success is a much lower number dollar wise than it was in 2018 Right. But I, but it was more about time and how I was going to manage my time. And, uh, I mean, cause sometimes success isn't necessarily about money, right? It's about like, can you actually earn some money while you're doing these other things, you know, or can you, maybe it's about, you know, so if your husband does earn enough money for your family to live, maybe your money is about buying a vacation home or saving for retirement or taking your kids on a very special trip, you know, to like people always ask, how, how can you go on these trips? I'm like, we save for it. We plan for yeah. it. And, uh, and honestly, I'm not a natural saver. My husband is. And so he's the one that like <laughs> does all that. But like I grew up with, and so I grew up very differently than you. And I find this very fascinating too, because my dad was a CEO And so we lived a very privileged life. We had a swimming pool. And I remember thinking like, in fact, in the town that I lived in, that I grew up in, we were, we had public swimming lessons in our backyard because we had a swimming pool and lots of people did in Canada. It's not super common. It's like really (laughs) weird to have a pool. Um, And then, (laughs) but we had a pool and, and, you know, we went on vacations and uh, it wasn't super extravagant. But I, my dad was not super concerned about money. He was like, money is just a form of transaction and we need, or means of transaction. And, you know, if we need something, we use our money to get it. And, uh, you know, if you want more things, you got to work to get more money, you know? Right, right. And I, so it was very, very different. I always felt like fine, comfortable, taken care of financially. And I think that's why at the end of the day, I value my time and my, I've, I've always sort of said I am worth it because, um, because my dad told me I was, you know what I mean? And that money is just, it's just money. And and he was always like, don't be afraid of it because if something happens, what's the worst thing that could happen? Like you might lose your house. So what? Like, yeah, that would be traumatic, but you'd still have each other, you know? And it was like a very different experience. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's in this weird way, it's like, because I came from such privilege, I value myself more. And so for me, that really concerns me about people who didn't come from a place like that, who are coming in and and are super talented. I I cannot get over the level of talent Mm -hmm. that currently exists in the family industry and the, and the sort of comp, the, the i the understanding of like from the photographer's perspective the lack of understanding of exactly how talented they are oh like, absolutely like that absolutely. that's the thing that's shocking to me 
right now. Yes. It's like, oh, it, yeah, it's yeah. baffling. Yeah. It's baffling. And then they're not making any money. Yeah. And, and and not to, and I feel like some people struggle with this too. They struggle with, and Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in her book, Big Magic, talks about, um, you know, a creative initiative needing to make you money can sometimes take the creativity out. Totally. So it's a constant balance that you're have they're trying to maintain here. Um, and, and I felt that too, for sure. Cause you know, I, I'm a single mom, um, I have to make money, but also too, I want to say this as well. I have gotten to a place where I re- have a really good relationship with money, where I can say, I love money. Yeah. Money is great. Money, money, is great. <laughs> money is great. Money provides for my family. My kids get to eat good food. We get to go on a vacation every once in a while. I have a great life and love my life. And money makes that a possibility, money that I earn. And so there, it's such, and I, like even saying that now, like I'm filled with this warmth where as maybe a few years ago, I would have been a little ashamed to say something like that. Right. You know, we're like, money is fucking great, guys. Let's go get some. Yeah. <laughs> Give me all the money. <laughs> Give me all the money. <laughs> I want it all. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> like, as much as I say that, I'm laughing because really, like, it is about living lean too. Like, yes. You know, yes. making choices and living within yeah. your means and all, and running a business within your means, it's, that's really important too obviously it's like a combination yes yeah it is shocking to me it has been that's been one of the biggest lessons is yeah. that not everybody's comfortable with the idea that their time is valuable right and I think if we simplify it and you start here and you go okay what does my ideal life look like right then you can start from there and say okay what do I need to make that life a possibility Right. And start at the bottom and decide how much money that's going to take. And, and if you're in a partnership and have a spouse or a person who is a, a dual income with you, then you figure that out together. If you're like me and you're like, okay, I got to put my big girl panties on and right. <laughs> how much money do we need to make this year? Me and my kids, right? right? But this, all of these things are possibilities. And that's where I think people don't even allow themselves to go is they're like, oh, my ideal life. Like how many times have I mentored and been like, okay, what are your long-term? goals. Let's talk five years, five-year plan. What is it going to look like in five years? You're like, oh, well, I haven't really thought about it. And you're like, you should be thinking about that because the clock is ticking people. Like we're yeah. losing time. Yeah. It goes losing by time. so fast too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. What are some of the most commonly asked questions about pricing from your mentor- mentees? Oh, that's a tough, <laughs> that's a tough one. I think probably what happens to me the most is, and I don't know if I'm able to answer this very succinctly, but we'll see how, how I do. Because <laughs> um, like I said, I don't feel necessarily like an expert. It's just like some, I just started talking about it and now I've been talking about it for five years. So I've thought about it a lot, right, right, right. <laughs> which maybe makes me an expert now. But um, yeah, I think the most commonly, I think what happens is, uh, everybody does their math. Like when I mentor people, I make them do their math. I ask them all sorts of questions and then they, they get this session average and you know, their pricing gets nailed down and then they get really, really nervous. And um, they ask, how do I find people to pay this money? I, I think to yeah. me that feels like the heaviest question. The And I certainly, I, I think 95% of people, ask me it and whether I have like I chuckled there I hate I hate to chuckle but it's like 
it's such a hard question to answer. And, yeah. and I think part of it comes back to this idea of like, um, what you were saying about big magic. I love that book and Elizabeth mm-hmm. Gilbert and, um, how she says sometimes getting paid for your creativity takes all the creativity out of it. And, um, I think it comes back to that idea and sometimes, and so at first, particularly when you're starting a business, you really, really have to lead with your creativity and you have to show all the best work every, and if you keep having like, when you're first starting out, I feel like you top every session, every time you're like, woo, 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 and you get better and better and better. That doesn't happen yeah. to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like we flattoed. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember that feeling and like constantly changing my website, constantly changing yes. all my marketing so that people could see all the fresh, best work and, um, and lead with that for sure. And, and get out in your community and remember that like, so many people aren't on social media. <laughs> yeah, so true. many people. In fact, I know yep. so many photographers who are barely on social media, who have like maybe a thousand mm. followers who make tons of money. Yes. And that is a fact. It is a fact. In fact, I know so many photographers who, whose work like probably wouldn't be considered popular or cool, you know, yeah. and wouldn't get featured on all the, hubs or whatever we want to call them, but we should be applauding them because they are people who have studios where they have $5,000 sales on, on average. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they're taking images that people love of their kids and their families. And, and they, they are not finding their clients on social media. They're finding their clients by being present in their community, by networking with other business owners, Mm -hmm. by getting out from behind your computer and making it known in your area that you're a photographer and that you're awesome to work with yep. because these things are the experience of working with you um, is more important than the end product to a lot of people. Yep. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I, I say this all the time because I'm, I have people fly in, which still baffles me, fly in to be photographed by me. Right. right. And I, and I tell this to my students and I'm like, there is no way in hell there's not an equally or even more talented photographer in their hometown where they don't have to fly to me. Right. But they come to me because they connected with me on some level, whether it's a mother who read a blog that I wrote and then she's like, yes, there, they know that I'm going to take care of them. They, they, they like me as a person. I am my brand. Um, and exactly the experience that I'm providing for them as, as a consumer, that's what they want. So absolutely it comes down to what you're going to offer them as the overall experience for sure. And you have to remember that like, you know, there's lots of trends in the industry right now. And, but there are going to be lots of people who don't connect with those trends. And so what you said about you are your brand, I am my brand too. I am bright and colorful and, you know, very down to earth, very casual. And, um, because I'm my brand and my images are my brand, there's been times when I've like looked out at the industry and I say this to everybody who's maybe felt this way. There's been times when I've looked out and I'm like, I don't really fit in. And I feel that even now, especially now I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of old school. People probably look at my work and go, Oh my God, it's so old school. But here's the thing. What we have to remember is like, 
it's important to be you because people are going to connect with your work and connect with you more than they're going to connect with you trying to be one of the trends in the industry. Yes. And it is the hardest thing about being a photographer is, is maintaining that you-ness. That's not a yeah. word, but we're going to make it a word right now. I love it. It's officially a word. Name <laughs> your Eunice. Yes. You know, and if we think about it in Josh Durox, I, I um long time ago took a workshop with Josh Durox when he used to um do workshops called Life or something about, I can't remember what it was called. Life is an art form. Um and he said that like every one of us is super unique, actually. And if we can tap into that uniqueness in our work, in our business we will connect with the right clients. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly right. Okay. What advice would you give to a very, very new, brand new, just starting business owner? (laughs) (laughs) So much. There's so much. I know. (laughs) I would say this. And honestly, um, I think what happens is a lot of people start shooting and they just jump into business. And I, I think that there's been times when that has worked well for people, but um, I don't think now is one of those times. I, if I was starting out right now, I would spend a long time becoming the very best photographer I could be. And then I would launch a business. And when I launched my business, I would launch my prices at a place where I, that was sustainable. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would start yeah, I would build a business that way as opposed to like, I feel like sometimes people try to get, and I I'm guilty of this too. And like I said, it worked back in the day. I don't think it works now, but like, I tried to get better and I still try to get better, uh, all the time during my shoots. But I think I started a little bit before I was ready. And I would say just become the very best photographer you can be before you, you launch. I agree with that. I also did, I mean, I'd been shooting for a few years really horribly because my purpose was to document my children. And I also jumped into business probably before I was ready. Granted, I learned a ton really fast because I made all of the mistakes. (laughs) But I agree with that, especially um, these days. I agree. Like be ready, Hone, hone in on your craft before you initiate a huge endeavor like running a business. Um, that's awesome. Okay. Last question. What is the best piece of advice about pricing that you have ever received? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm going to go back to that very first workshop that I did. So, um, anybody who's been around as long as I have will remember this (laughs) workshop, but there used to be a workshop called the secret workshop. And it was with, um, Barb, Ewell, who's known as Jinky Art, she's amazing, and Cheryl Muir. And uh, they said they never explained why, they never did the math behind it, but they were the first ones to say to me, do a session fee and then make sure to charge for your work after the fact. And they said that in their experience, you needed to earn $1,500 a session in order to be a sustainable photography business. And I have found that to be a good number. Um, And I've even found it like in the years where you're slow, what happens is you still make enough money to make it worthwhile. So you don't end up quitting. 
Right. And then in the years where you're busy, it's, it's really great. It's a, it's a really great amount. And I do think maybe it's come down a bit as we become more efficient as an industry, but not that much. And so that, so like, even just under that was the best advice for me because I did go home and I instantly changed my pricing. And, and what they also said was change your pricing, put it out there that this is what you're going to be. And then do a few sessions at a discount, but, but make sure they like, say I'm going to be $1,500, but right now I'm doing a model call or I'm doing a session. I'm building my portfolio and I'm going to be 50% off or, I'm going to be 25% off or whatever it is and do that until you feel comfortable or until you get the ball rolling. And then what happens then is people learn like how much you really are going to be in the future and they understand your pricing uh, situation and you don't have to change it every year because what happens when you have to change it every year is you lose clients whenever you make the jump because somebody who's willing to pay $500 is probably not willing to pay seven fifty, they might be willing to pay seven fifty, but they definitely won't be willing to pay a thousand. And then, so every time you take a leap, you're going to lose a bunch of clients. And all, and a photography business is based on repeat clients. Don't never forget that. And so you want to start out where where you intend to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Dana, you're the best. Thank you so much again for taking the time for speaking to us openly about this. This is such a good conversation to have. And we really, really hope you continue to do this good work. Um, I'm going to put links to follow you in the show notes. so Everybody can follow along on your journey. And if you guys have questions, ask in the main group. Um, if you're not already in there, get in there. It's awesome. Um, Dana, Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on, on your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you're here and we hope you walk away feeling inspired as hell. If you're not already a student in Unraveled Academy, go to www.theunraveledacademy.com. You can also access the link below. Come join us. We have a seat waiting with your name on it.